Travelling Without Moving, the Season Travellers podcast on jasoncharles.net, is sponsored by Pim Philip Experiences, the Manhattan-based tour company that provides custom travel and event experiences in New York City and beyond. Heightening visitor perspectives and engaging business groups with licensed multilingual local guides, Pim Philip offers tailor-made urban expeditions and virtual experiences, often along unexpected routes. Go to pimphilip.com for more information. That's P-I-M-P-H-I-L-I-P.com. JasonCharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. Traveling without moving on JasonCharles.net. This is Sudha Sahai, and I love to travel. And I live in Manhattan and Long Beach Island in Long Island. And I went to Sicily in May for five weeks. This was really a fun trip for me because I don't think I've ever traveled on holiday for a five-week span. And I've been dreaming about this, and I knew it was going to be somewhere in Italy. But I picked Sicily because I've heard so much about it. So when I talked to people and researched this, people had done the same trip in a week or 10 days. And I decided I was going to do slow travel and spend time in every location. And uh, that's how I came up with the time frame of five weeks. In fact, actually, we had planned for four weeks, we meaning my husband and I. And... um, When we got to Sicily and realized we were coming back on a nondescript weekend in the summer and we had to stay in Manhattan, so I said to him, isn't this a no-brainer, spending another weekend in Sicily and not in Manhattan? And he was like, yeah. So we said, okay, let's delay it by another week. And that's how we ended up spending five weeks in Sicily. I fell in love with Italy as a newly young newlywed, a nuovo sposina, I was 20 years old and I went to Sardinia to meet my husband who I was madly in love with and still am and we spent three months there because he was wrapping up his job and Italy bewitched me. So that was, I'm 62 now, so that was 42 years ago. I've tried to go back every year for one, two or three weeks at a time. Some years I couldn't do it. So I think I've been at least 30 times to Italy. It's my second time in Sicily. The first time we went was 10 years ago when I just wanted to do Selena because I saw Il Postino, The Postman. This movie about Pablo Neruda's exile. He was actually exiled in Selena in a town called Polara. So I said to my husband, I am going to this island and sure enough, Within a few months, we were in Salina, and we had just eight days. So I decided that we would do Taormina for two days, and then we spent the rest of the time in Salina. Salina is in Isole Eolie, or the Aeolian Islands as they're known, and these are part of Sicily, and one of the most 
beautiful islands, uh, not just in terms of natural beauty, but also in their soul. And when you go there, you sort of step off the world, step off the planet. So that was my first trip to Sicily. And this time I had planned to pick two, two bases, one on the northwest and the other on the southeast. But when I started studying it, I realized I couldn't pick two bases. It, Sicily had so many different towns, villages, facets, mountains, beaches. So I just gave up that idea and I thought, okay, I'm going to be a slow traveler and just move along without being in a hurry, but see most of the island. And if you split Sicily into four quadrants, I only saw three of them. I just couldn't do it all and I didn't get to the center at all. I sort of hugged the coast. So we flew on our favorite flight, <laughs> which is the Emirates flight from New York JFK to Milan. It's so much better than the Alitalia. So every time they have a sale, which is a couple or two or three times a year, I'm on their email, I jump and I buy the tickets. I think it's the best economy class right now. So anyway, we flew business class, which was a real treat, to Milan. And then we just took a plane right away to Palermo. We just transferred to a local flight. It was an easy change at Milan airport. And then at Palermo, we had booked a car. Uh, we had rented a car for a month. But we decided we won't pick up the car right away in Palermo because Palermo, you do not need a car. So we'd reserved a car for four days into our trip. And we arranged with our Airbnb host to come and pick us up at the airport at Palermo, which was a very good idea, I think, because Palermo is notorious. It's infamous past, doesn't really exist as much, but I just wanted to be safe. So um, that's how we arrived and went into the city of Palermo. Palermo is, uh, was just surprised me. I expected something like a dirty, grungy, large city with uh, sort of like Napoli. But Palermo is beautiful. It's clean. It's got amazing architecture. It's an expansive city and it's um, hugging the sea. So there's always a lovely breeze. We actually rented an Airbnb right next to the Duomo in a palazzo. It was an apartment in a palace. So almost immediately we were immersed in the architecture of Palermo. And the central part of Palermo is very negotiable. It's not like it's this huge city that you need to, you can walk around Palermo. And Palermo, I think one of the fun things we did, and we did it right away, almost the next morning, we booked a walking street food tour of Palermo. So not only did that orient us with the streets and the city, but it also told us about the culture, the food, because the food and culture is so intertwined in most uh, nationalities, but especially Italy. So it was so much fun. We went to the three famous markets and we had all kinds of wild foods. I don't eat meat. So I got a pass on the wildest food, which is a spleen of a cow, like a sandwich made with the spleen of a cow. It's a speciality. And 
our whole group, there were about seven, eight of us, they were ooing and eyeing and making eyes, but they felt that they had to try it. But I was like, sorry, I don't eat meat. <laughs> so I was excused immediately. <laughs> but I had, uh, oh God, the famous food, of course, of Sicily is arancini. And depending on where you are in Sicily, it's either arancini or arancina. In the West, it's known as arancini. And we, we, had, we went to a special store in uh, Balaro where they had arancinis. And the lady, I started chatting with like the mom and her name was Ariana, I believe. And I said to her, well, what about me? Because the typical traditional arancini has ragu of meat. And because this was a food item adapted from the Arab culture, the ragu does not have tomatoes because the Arabs do not use tomatoes in their food. So it's a traditional arancini in this traditional market. So she said, oh, I'm going to give you the spinach and the cheese uh, arancini. I had that. But they were all raving about the meat one. And this was one time I felt like, huh, maybe I should be eating meat. Maybe I should try this meat arancini. But I think that walk really oriented us because he, as our guide walked, he told us about the history and Palermo as most of Sicily has been invaded by almost every culture you can think of and they've all left their mark, the Phoenicians, the Carthaginians, the Romans, the Saracens, the Trojans, the Catholics, the Arabs, the Normans and of course the last 40 years which is really a drop in the ocean if you look at 2000 years was the Mafia and they're still shaking from that you know they're trying to get out of it. But point in fact, you know, at the end of our tour, our guide who was only in his 20s, a young uh, man, he said he, he, had, he suddenly got tears in his eyes and we were wondering what's happened. This has been such a happy tour. And he said, well, now I have to take you, I want to take you somewhere where, which is not part of the tour, but I, I must. So we went into the Duomo and we stood in front of the grave of Falcone who was one of the judges who went against the mafia, the establishment, the government and continued fighting. And of course, the mafia killed him. And he was crying at this point. Uh, our guide was crying and he was like, if it wasn't for Falcone, you and I wouldn't be having this walk. We wouldn't be standing here because these streets were uh, rivers of blood not that long ago. So anyway, that's... You know, I only talked about the last invaders, the Mafia, but Palermo is, is so beautiful because you have the, all the great churches and then you have the Arab Norman churches, the mosques. And what has happened is that the cathedrals were built on the same sites. So the same places, they were important mosques were cathedrals. And I'm not a Catholic, I'm not a Christian, I'm, I'm Hindu, I'm not a you know, real observer of my religion. But the most stunning thing that I noticed in Palermo were the cathedrals where they show the Christ Pantocrator, where Christ is not suffering, he's powerful. And they have four cathedrals, two in Palermo, one is in Duomo, the other one is in La Matarda, and then there's one in Monreale, which is a hill town just outside Palermo, beautiful, that we visited. And the fourth one is in Sheffalu, which is two hours away on the coast, which we also went to. 
It's on the list of many people. It's a little coastal town about two hours away, northeast of Palermo. And it's beautiful, but it's very, very touristy. I always try to stay off the beaten track, but sometimes you have to be on the beaten track to see the attractions. And Sheffaloo is also known for its cathedral because it has the Christ Pantocrator. But what was amazing was that our Airbnb, which I just booked whilst I was in Palermo, had a balcony overlooking the cathedral. And again, we were right next to it, but this time I could sit on my balcony and see people go in and out all the time. We spent two days in Sheffaloo, and what we decided was, you know, I loved being next to the cathedral and watching all the activity because it was constant activity. And then we said, all right, let's just go out of the main town just to get away from this huge tourist, you know, groups of people. And we decided that we were going to go to a restaurant just slightly outside the town. So we were walking towards this restaurant and Anil, my husband, kept saying, where is it? Which one is it? That's his normal thing, you know. So I was like, we'll get to it, don't worry. So whilst we're walking, there's a gentleman, you know, Italian gentleman, middle-aged, walking with two grocery bags. So I slowed down to walk with him and I said to him, I spoke to him in Italian and I said, uh, do you know where this restaurant is? Il Faro was the name of the restaurant, which means lighthouse. And he's like, yeah, it's right there, right in front of you. So I was like, oh, okay. I said, how's the food? Is it good? And he said, it had better be good. I'm the chef. <laughs> and the chef was carrying these fresh groceries. So of course, when we went and sat down and we were starting to order, I said to the waitress, tell the chef that we he chatted with us. And the food was absolutely fantastic. They use pistachios a lot. So the traditional dish that we had, which is again a very Sicilian dish, was pasta with gambaroni, fresh shrimps, and pistachios. And oh my God, was that was one of the meals that I can still remember, and it makes my mouth water. So anyway, Sheffaloo may have been touristy, but we had one of our, an amazing meal there. And then we decided we wanted to go to the beach one day because it is on the coast. So we went to a beach club. You go to a beach club and you, this is done all over Italy and also Sicily. You can rent un ombrellone, which is what they call, and two sedias, so two chaises and an umbrella. And you pay anything from maybe 15 euros to 35 euros if it's a super expensive place. And you, then you hang out and all these beach clubs have a bar that you can go and eat lunch. and hang. So you can basically spend the day. And that was pleasant, but it was a crowded beach because Sheffaloo is crowded. That was my first dip in the Mediterranean and it was lovely, but it was a little bit cool because it was still end of May. From there we went to Scopello, which is a very cute little coastal town with a small piazza. And we spent four days there. And what we would do is we would go from our hotel to this beach area, this deserted beach. Well, it wasn't deserted, but it was a lovely beach, a bay, called Scalamandra di Sciacca. And we would drive there and hang out in this beautiful bay. Here the water was amazing. It was tiny. And then they had a bar. And this guy used to make the best caponata, which is another traditional Sicilian dish made with basically eggplant, tomatoes, 
great olive oil, garlic, and onions. But every Sicilian home makes it differently. It's such a traditional dish. So he would have caponata for us. We'd have always a chilled bottle of Sicilian rosé. And in fact, this became a joke because we just soon into our trip, we decided we like Grillo, which is a good medium to better quality white wine. So then we started saying, oh, when are we going to have aqua grillo? How much aqua grillo are we having? <laughs> so we did that for four days. We did a lot of hanging out in the Mediterranean and the water was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Then from there we went, we drove along the coast. So now you're heading south and we went through Trapani and Marsala, which is of course famous for the winery where we did a, a wine tour in the Marsala Florio winery. The Florios were the richest Sicilians and they controlled the wine and the olive oil trade. And this was really, Marsala was made famous because Nelson, General Nelson ordered, gave the first large order for his soldiers who were stationed in Sicily. He ordered Marsala wine and that's how it started. And it's very sweet wine. And the Florios controlled everything. And it was sad to see there's no descendant anymore. You know, they've died or they don't have children. So I think it's been bought over by Cinzano, one of the big companies. So we had a nice stop in Marsala. We walked around the town. It's a very cute town, typical Sicilian town with the Duomo dominating the piazza. And then we went to what I thought was so interesting. We went to the salt mines. And these are huge salt fields and the salt is mined exactly the same way as it was for a thousand years. There's nothing has changed. And there's a lovely, very quaint salt museum there. So we went and we looked at the museum. They've received money from UNESCO, so it's done very nicely. And I bought some salt. I bought like this container of salt and Anil said to me, you're nuts, you're spending 10 euros on salt. But we brought the salt back and we've been using it in pastas and eggs and it's fabulous. So when you go to the gift shop, actually they have salt with orange blossoms, salt with peppers, salt with lemons, you know, just a little flavor, it was, it's neat. That museum is neat. And then there's a restaurant across from it which has two rooms where you can sleep in. And we didn't sleep there because we ran out of time, but apparently it's nice to sleep there and enjoy the sunset because the sun setting over the white salt fields is pretty spectacular. You don't see the sea because you're in the lagoon, but it's right there. The minute you leave the salt, you're on the coastal road again. And then we followed this coastal road. So we took the slow road. We followed this road all the way to Agrigento and we went to a lovely agriturismo called La Mandranova, which has uh, 10,000 olive trees and they produce their own olive oil. They won a lot of awards. I had my first olive oil tasting there with a sommelier, with an olive oil sommelier. And that was a really interesting experience. But I think the highlight of being at Mandranova was also going to Agrigento to see the Valley of Temples, which were beautiful. You know, these are, this is, they say it's one of the best preserved Roman temples in the world. And it's a huge complex. And it sits on a hill and that was really special. 
So from there we went to Marzamemi, which is really the southeast tip of Sicily. I think it was my favorite coastal town slash village in Sicily. I loved it, and it's uh, it's again set around a square piazza, and there isn't a big cathedral in this town, funnily enough, and it's on a piece of land that juts out so the whole town is surrounded by water no matter where you are it's very small it's only got about six blocks and we rented we stayed in a bnb there which with a big terrace overlooking the sea and that was my favorite place to just hang out because we were right next to a bar you know the italian bars and every night there i would go and have my pistachio gelato because pistachios are fresh and their pistachio gelato and their pistachio granita you just taste the pistachios they're, they're crunchy they they're not it's not just a flavor and and we would we went to the beach club there and did our you know thing about renting so when we were in marzamemi one of the most i mean there were so many memorable meals we, we asked our bed and breakfast owner it was called casa memi and she ran a very nice place i said where should we go and she said go to campesi So we went to Campesi and what it is is a huge shop that has been exporting Sicilian food for 150 years as they say and then at some point they decided to make a restaurant because their raw materials are so good and it's it, there's no walls to this restaurant it's just tents huge tents a series of tents and whilst of course we had to wait we waited till i think 9:30 p.m. to sit down we saw this guy sitting there on one of the high tables and talking to staff and he invited us to sit with them and it turns out he was the owner so that was really interesting chatting with the owner before we actually sat down you know and he was telling us how he started this when he was a young boy and he just told us the history and uh, then we sat down and we ordered and i ordered this fish with pistachio which was unbelievable it was like a local we had local fish there there was one fish called ricciola i don't even know what it's called in the west because i don't think they really exist and even the salad that came out just plain insalata mista was fresh with each leaf was like standing and then the olive oil because he, they use their own olive oil right so the olive oil and the balsamico which was from modena of course just he's using these really amazing ingredients and then of course we came back to our little bar and had our pistachio granita by this point we were i think 3 weeks into our trip and we decided that we had to do some kind of check mark because our clothes weren't fitting us so we were like all right what we are going to do now is skip dinner and have dessert because between the cannolis the gelatos the granitas and even the cassata You know there's so many fabulous desserts and they all taste of the earth. It's like that true like you can taste the pistachios from the tree when you eat the ice cream. So anyway from Marzamemi we went to Catania to spend our last two nights and I'm so glad we went to Catania because it's the poor sister of Palermo. It's kind of overlooked and not everybody goes there. It's between the sea, it's bordered by the sea on one side. and they have there's two main arteries it's one is called via etna via etna goes straight into the sea on one side and then into the mountains on the other side and 
it's it's made like a grid almost and the center of the grid is called the quattro kanti which is the same as palermo which means the four sections because the four different religions lived in each section and so it's like a grid like it's a very pretty city and it has two major parks one of them is called the bellini park bellini was one of the famous sons of of catania and then it also has a gorgeous opera house you know and what what struck me about catania was that it's not visited it's not like a shishi place to visit so everything is intact there's a lot of crumbling buildings because there's no there's no unesco money or no sicilian money that's gone into it we rented a really lovely airbnb it was sort of a bit fading and rough at the edges but i loved that it was like being in the east village i think i was in the east village of catania not far from the duomo and 2 minutes walk from the famous famous mercato di pescato which is the fish market which is i think it should be a wonder of the world you know a living wonder of the world because it was incredible and my husband who worked on wall street for years was telling me that it was a open call system of buying and selling so basically there's this huge courtyard and the fish sellers are there the fish the shrimp all the different and they're shouting out their prices and as their where stuff gets sold the prices will get higher or lower i'm not sure how and then they're bidding everything is done by bidding people are shouting out it's just it's like i've never seen anything like this in my life it was amazing i would just go and stand there's a balcony all around this and i would go and just stand there and watch it was so interesting our plan was we downloaded a walking tour and we said we'll do a walking tour and we said let's stop at the market the fish market we never made it to the walking tour we went to the fish market we bought fish we bought um cheese we bought wine we bought super beans potatoes cherries Every, you know fruits vegetables and we came back we made a meal for ourselves and we sat on the terrace of the airbnb and had this feast that we had cooked ourselves but it was so tasty because everything was straight from the ground you know in fact the owner's wife she passed by and she said wow what a feast and you know she was from there and she saw these like dishes that we were making of salad niswa with the tuna and the potatoes and the beans and then we made caponata and and the bufalino with the tomatoes there was one tomato that i just fell in love with it's called piccadilly and it comes from the trapani area and every time i went everywhere i went i'd say piccadilly and i'd buy piccadilly and i just put good olive oil salt and pepper and we would have it and it was like amazing and there was a shop there in the seafood market called a restaurant called m2m sort of like a trattoria so they would buy the fish right from across literally like 2 feet across is the fish market and they make it fresh for you and so first day we went we went and sat down and had lunch the second day whilst we were preparing this feast as though we needed more i said to him i really want calamari fritti So I ran to M2M 2 minutes ordered my calamari fritti and ran back with the fried calamari and 
I, I just could go on and on and on. It was it was very nice. And also, we were in the heart of the city, so there was a bar right below us. Of course, we didn't hear it because we could close the doors. And our host had warned us that this bar is noisy, so we would keep that side door closed. And one morning I got up at six o'clock, people were just leaving the bar. So Catania is a night city. I think they start showing up there around 10, 11 at night. And they go on till the morning. And then when they leave in the morning, they go to the place where you can get fresh cornettos, which is the croissants, or sfogliatella, or cannolis also they have in the morning. And, and then they carry on with their, uh, I guess the sugar makes them, gets, gives, between the sugar and the espresso. <laughs> so anyway, the fellow who checked us into our Airbnb was from Catania. And he said, you're in the wild west of Sicily. And he was right to a degree because everything is sort of edgy. And then you have the fish market, which has not lost its authenticity at all. And I think that's why I like Catania. It hasn't lost its soul at all. And even the patron saint of Catania is shown with bare breasts. You never see bare breasts in a church. But this lady um, was a rich man's daughter and a wealthy person, a king, was started quoting her, an old lord of the manor. And she resented that, so he cut off her breasts and then threw her into prison and she survived all that, so she became a saint. So she's now the saint of Catania, the patron saint. And they always show her, I think it's Santa Teresa, and they always show her with bare breasts. So that's Catania, they kind of blow all the rules away, you know. I have to say that if I went back to a city, I'd go back to Catania. I really enjoyed it. I think that firstly I'm going back next year, I'm not going to wait 10 years to go back. But I think that Sicily is getting on every traveler's path, so there's going to be a lot more tourism. I think the mafia is hopefully going to fade out more, so people are going to, the Sicilians are going to get wealthier and be able to run their own island. They're also sidelined by Rome but that's always been the case. I would love to see that Sicily controls its own. I'm very optimistic because the youngsters are motivated and the Sicilians are smart. They're hardworking. They don't want to sit back and just let it arrive. That was my impression of the Sicilians. They're warm, they're very warm and hospitable. Like when I was in this inn at Filicudi, we spent four nights there and um, the food was superb as always. And I was paying my bill, it was like 500 euros, you know. So I said, she, she just did an addition on a piece of paper with my nights and the meals we'd had. Uh, and she was, she was the owner's daughter, the owner's dead. So she's really the owner. And she and I would chat here and there whenever I passed by. And she's like, just give me 400. I didn't say a word to her, you know, give me a dis, nothing like that. So I just found people untouched by tourism because Italy is just as nice. It's got beauty, it's got people, it's got food, but the people are spoiled by tourism in many parts of Italy. But in Sicily, I didn't notice that. And I really sincerely hope that doesn't change. You've been listening to Traveling Without Moving on jasoncharles.net.
jasoncharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep. Traveling Without Moving, the Season Travelers podcast on jasoncharles.net is sponsored by Pim Philip Experiences, the Manhattan-based tour company that provides custom travel and event experiences in New York City and beyond. Heightening visitor perspectives and engaging business groups with licensed multilingual local guides, Pim Philip offers tailor-made urban expeditions and virtual experiences, often along unexpected routes. Go to pimphilip.com for more information. That's P-I-M-P-H-I-L-I-P dot com.